Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, John Garcia Jr. is here to join us. So what else are we going to talk about? MSU recruiting coming right at you in a hot second on Locked On Spartans. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the best people in the entire world. Yes, I'm talking about the listeners, the viewers of Lockdown Spartans, and also joined by one of the greatest people in the recruiting world in John Garcia Jr. Yes, the director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated. I'll let him talk in a hot segment first. Hey, just got to welcome you. Thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast or YouTube channel, whatever uh, you digest this uh, media in, whether it's your ears, your eyes, or both. Yeah, just throw us a subscribe, please. Hey, John, how's it going, man? You doing okay over there? I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, it's it's a busy month uh, in, in just about every single way. Um, Arch Banning has verbally committed, so, you know, that that highly anticipated domino is out the window, so we can sure. focus on everyone else. So, hey, I'm... I'm excited for progress, if you catch my drift. I 100% know where you're coming from, but even more excited than, you know, the perfectly rated quarterback Arch Manning committed to Texas. We got some fun stuff going on in East Lansing. Um, I just want to start it as broad as humanly possible, and I love having you on because you give us a national perspective on what's going on. And also, so to speak, you can break check MSU slappies like myself because this month of June has just been extraordinary. Every single weekend I hop on here, I'm like, this is a massive weekend. Check out all these people coming in. This is great. Oh my God, it's never been better here. But you're from the outside. Do we as state fans have right to be like that excited about recruiting for the month of June? Or or is it worth pumping the brakes just a little bit? Take us to church, please. No brakes here. All gas, as, as Texas likes to say. Look, this is it's been a huge month, really, no matter how you look at it. I think on the front end, optically and perceptionally, you're like, OK, who did they bring on campus? Are they getting elite visitors to East Lansing? That answer is a resounding yes. I'm sure we'll talk about a few of the biggest names still on the board. But in terms of just pure star power, Mel Tucker and company have checked that box in getting kids up to East Lansing specifically for official visits. So perceptionally, absolutely all gas, no brakes. Now, if you go to look at the tangible and you've gotten five new commitments in the month of June. So that's another huge check mark. Um, it's it's a balanced class that they're building up to double digit commitments now. And the biggest month of, of this class's year has been the one we're in right now. So yeah, it is the right time to start to get really excited about what Tucker and the entire staff has been able to do. Um, it's not just Midwest kids. It's not just kids on one side of the ball. It's a little bit of everything. Uh, so I think this momentum is something that is now tangible because you're actually winning some of these recruitments along the way. Still plenty of big fish, still a lot of big decisions to be made, but you've gotten most of those on campus and, and some others uh, you've gotten to actually jump in, including a few that were you know, not home runs for Michigan State, you know, where they had to use those visits to vault up to that number one spot. And that's really the mark of an ascending program to where you're, hey, I'm, I'm second or third in this race. 
let's get them to campus and see if we can start to climb the list. And then you climb all the way to number one. That's a great indicator of not only the close of, of Mel Tucker and the ability of that staff to, to finish, but also the, I guess, boldness of going after a national slate of recruits, uh, including some, again, that, you know, were, were upsets uh, for Michigan State. So you have to have that on the front end in order to finish on the back end. And obviously um, that's been happening in, in spades for, uh, for Michigan State. So, yeah, everyone should be excited around the program right now. See, there we go. And, and I, did, I did not pay John Garcia Jr. any money to give that ring endorsement for Michigan State football recruiting. So, okay. So it's not just me hopping on this microphone three days a week and sounding like a complete slappy. Yeah, okay, fine. I'm, I'm a homer. I'm a slappy. But with some rationale behind it. I'm not, I'm not all just, you know, blowing hot gas over here. So that's, that's good to know. I like it and checked like that. And uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, Tuck coming refer full bore. And just like you said, they got a handful of commits in June. It wasn't just visits. It was also commits super broad question here, but like any name stick out to you as like a, whoa, like did not think MSU would even have a chance at that guy. Like any recruit that really surprised you here in the month of June for MSU. I think two of them come to mind immediately. Uh, Jordan Hall, look, he's a Midwest kid uh, who moved down to IMG Academy, but his recruitment became a true Midwest battle, right? Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Notre Dame. It, it It was kind of an old school Big Ten type of feel from the beginning. So you could almost build a case for any one of those programs to win the recruitment. And then as the spring wore on, Florida got involved, tried to keep him in his, you know, quote unquote home state. Now that he's at IMG Academy, they've got a bit of a pipeline building at that program. So you said, okay, now the SEC is going to get involved for a big physical downhill linebacker. Hello. It's you you think of the Big Ten and the SEC when you hear those traits. So you you feel like it was going to be a widespread, maybe longer recruiting battle. So for Michigan State to get an early official visit and then get him on the commitment list soon thereafter, was one of those that, again, you're, you're not first place the whole way through, right? This was not a, a layup for, for anybody on that staff. Sure. Uh, so to get a visit was big, and then to close soon thereafter was even bigger. Um, and that's the same case for Clay Wedden, the offensive lineman from down here in the state of Florida. Very familiar with him. Uh, I've got a source that is as close to him as you can possibly get. And I was hearing so much Auburn uh, out of that camp for a long time. Um, so you kind of said, all right, well, Clay will take the Michigan State visit, and, and MSU has been in the top two or three the whole time, so it's not as big of a climb. But again, we had he- we had heard like a relatively clear number one school for months. So then you, you figure, okay, he'll visit Michigan State, he'll visit Auburn, and then he'll come to a decision. Well, he goes up to Sparty, and he pops, and, and he doesn't take the Auburn visit, which was supposed to be this coming weekend. So now all of a sudden, not only, again, are you getting verbal commitments, these kids are starting to shut down their entire recruitment uh, after you know jumping on board, which is a, a relative rarity in this day and age outside of the quarterback position. Uh, so again, another great out-of-state, out-of-region get at, at not only a position of need, but a great fit on top of it. Clay is an old-school interior lineman who carries 295 about as well as you possibly could. He's not the, the flashiest, highest ceiling recruit like a Samson Okololo we'll talk about. But in terms of his floor, it is very, very high. Again, his work ethic, I know people around him in the Tampa area, nothing but rave reviews there, high character, high floor kind of guy. So another type, a type of recruit 
that you know you can bet on and you can also build on as you extend that pipeline to to other parts of the country and all of a sudden florida is becoming kind of a, a pipeline state uh, for msu we're seeing multiple commitments there's still some big floridians out there among the targets so i have a feeling we're going to talk about a few more uh, florida spartans if you will Who's to say? Um, and this next kid isn't necessarily from Florida, uh, perhaps a few states north, but you mentioned Samson Okanlola, the five-star offensive tackle. Can you promise me that he'll commit to Michigan State? Or what, what, what do you got for me, John? What, what do you got for me on the Samson Okanlola uh, front here for us? Yeah, we'll, we'll pump some brakes there. Not, not okay. all the way, just maybe like a slowdown, like a yellow light. You're like, okay, I'm not in a rush. I'm going to sure. slow down. Of course, down here in Florida, yellow light means hit the gas. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, but look, Okanola absolutely likes Michigan State. Well, we know he took the official visit. He's starting to branch out a little bit more, and, and he's taking more trips. He was out at Alabama. I believe he's down at Miami this weekend. So his list is sort of forming. He doesn't have like a conventional top list or a commitment timeline in mind. So there is a bit of a sense of if he falls in love, he'll commit with a, to one school or he can take this thing all the way to signing day. There's really no true feel uh, for when he's going to pop, which is why getting an official visit so early feels really big uh, with, with Samson. And obviously, you know, we saw all the great uh, photos and and kind of the whole pancake thing uh, that that he's got going on. It's it's really Michigan State kind of started all that. Now others have followed it, and and that's becoming kind of yeah. the the staple of of his visits. Uh, everywhere he goes, he's got the pancakes and the syrup and stuff, which is really fun. Um, but look, he's he's an important recruit. I think when you talk about the ceiling and the potential of this class of 2023, those are the battles that will take Michigan State perceptionally from a recruiting standpoint from up and coming and very, very good to, OK, we, we have to include MSU when we talk about the big boys, right? Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. Uh, you know, Georgia, certainly when we talk about those guys, we got to bring in MSU in that conversation. Not quite there. You're in it with the Oaken Lola's of the world. When you're in it with the Jaden Waynes of the world, uh, Dante Moore, once upon a time, like you stay in those kind of races and all of a sudden you start to win uh, a few and it becomes a snowball effect. So still great, still rolling in this class. Um, and Oklahoma is absolutely considering MSU going forward. And, and obviously he would be a cornerstone uh, type of recruit uh, should he end up in East Lansing. Uh, and who's to say right now? I mean, I don't think anyone's got a prediction on him or anything like that. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit early, but again, having already gotten one of those official visits, I think speaks volumes in terms of the staying power of Michigan State in, in this Oklahoma race. That's music to my ears right now. Not not to you know take a off season national title, but like this is all this is very exciting to be like in the mix here for some of these guys. And uh, listen, one day I'm not gonna say that anymore. But like this is still relatively new to us state folks, so like this is very exciting for me. So I will uh, be chipper and happy about this as we uh, keep talking. And obviously, want to bring up more uh, recruits here. Want to talk photo shoots. Want to talk Ohio State. We got a lot more to talk about, but John, I just got to say goodbye to you for a hot second because I got to talk to the fine folks about betonline.net. That is right. You already know what it is. It's betonline.net. It is where the game starts. And yes, playoffs are tapering off. Goodbye, NBA. So long soon, NHL. But we still got golf. We still got MLB. The Tigers like to score more than two runs every fifth game. So bet some money on the over one day a week when that 
moment strikes, I suppose. Anyway, there's all sorts of stuff to bet on with betonline.net. And let's say you're itching for football. Okay, they got the futures. They got the props already set up. Why? Because, well, BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. We've been saying it all up and down, and we say it for the right reasons because they keep you connected to your favorite sports and give you great lines as well. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. That's right, PGA golf season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, if you're into that, and more. BetOnline remains the best for your sports scores, podcasts, that's right, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the easiest and fastest way to check in on all your sports events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. That's right, three very physical sports for you right there. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device and learn about more about the trends in action. That is at Bet Online, folks, where the game starts. And as we welcome the wonderful John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated, hey, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Any other names hot in the streets for you right now, uh, Mr. Garcia Jr.? Because, you know, we got like Peyton Kirkland to throw a name out, Miles McVay, perhaps. Elliot Washington could be. Uh, I, any other names that uh, kind of have your ears perked up for us folk in East Lansing? Or uh, or not really. I, I guess you just say no if, if you really want to. But that kind of <laughs> defla- that kind of deflate this balloon that I'm on right now. But, hey, shoot us straight. Yeah, no deflating on the way. Uh, yeah, okay. those, a couple of those Floridians uh, are, are definitely on the top of my mind relative to not only Michigan State, but potential commitment dates coming up. Uh, Peyton Kirkland, yeah. July 23rd has been his date for quite some time. We've, we've heard a lot of Florida and Miami talk, but when you go out of the state, it's really Michigan State, Oklahoma that have dominated the conversation. So certainly uh, his visit, I believe this weekend, will be a big one to track to see if uh, MSU can stay uh, near the top of his list. And then Elliot Washington. I mean, that one has been kind of a fever pitch uh, in, in the SEC Big Ten world for quite some time. Uh, I believe he was Alabama's first commitment in this class, and he's still on board, um, but he had the most uh, non-decommit, decommit right. yeah. of all time saying, hey, you know, I'm not decommitting, but I'm going to take all my visits, respect that part of the process, which I think everyone was already respecting. Um, And Michigan State really, from the beginning, even before that point, Michigan State was the top threat, right? That was the school that he admitted that he was going to check out just a little bit more. Uh, He had a teammate uh, sign, a teammate from Venice High School signed with the program a a year or two ago as well, another defensive back. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of momentum for Michigan State in the state of Florida. I do think if and when Washington makes his next decision, uh, I do believe Michigan State is is probably the favorite to land him at this point. Uh, There's not a lot of, I guess, security from the Alabama side of this conversation, feeling like he's going to stick it out with the Crimson Tide. Uh, So that would obviously optically be a huge uh, flip uh, for Mel Tucker and company, uh, poaching one from, from his old boss, Nick Saban, especially in the secondary, where we know Saban spends an extra uh, considerable amount of time. So, yeah, I think Washington's also coming up this weekend. So that will be a huge visit. Uh, Again, not kind of the biggest name in the country, but you start to think of fits and you start to think of guys who can contribute early uh, at a school like Michigan State and and Washington, who's 
physically kind of ready to go right now, right? He's 6'1", 190 pounds. He looks like he's already playing college ball, whether he's a nickel corner or safety, and he might have upside at all three spots. That would be a huge decision uh, for Michigan State. So who's to say this momentum slowing down anytime soon? And speaking of momentum, I, I got a potentially dumb question for you. Maybe it's a very easy answer, but MSU, we're approaching you know, double-digit commits, right? And a lot of them are four stars. And there's another site out there, 24-7 Sports. Obviously, you're very in tune with them. I think they do a great job. They have Jalen Braxton, some of their experts, crystal ball to Arkansas. And that happened less than a week after he committed to Michigan State. And so, you know, it, it wasn't most people, but it, there was a minority of people that were like, oh, well, that's what you get for getting commits so early. Why did they force him to commit so early? Yada, yada, yada. So on that topic, the, the question is, why is it important to get commits this early in the game? When National Signing Day might as well be eight years from now, honestly. Like, <laughs> it is a very far way down the road, but why is it important to get big commits early on in the cycle in the month of June? I mean, hopefully This is kind of the new time of year where – you start to pick up steam. I think because of spring football and the transfer portal, there's a bit of a delay to the start of, okay, hey, it's recruiting season, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, and, and that has turned into, it used to be January, February, big junior days and all these non-football events that kids would attend and love cookouts. And, you know, sure. it's, like a, it's like a county fair kind of recruiting right. style that everyone loves. And they still happen, but there's not a lot of commits coming off of those anymore. And it's because of the portal. And spring football, there's a lot of attrition. So a lot of these coaching staffs are a little bit more conservative during that time of the year. But once you get beyond spring football, beyond the NFL draft, it becomes about high school spring football and that evaluation period where you're out on the road seeing top recruits. And then it follows or it is followed by the month of June, which has now become this mandatory official visit season. And by Mm -hmm. proxy, it's now a commitment season because a lot of these decisions have been made from these programs relative to whoever left or came in via the portal. There's a little bit more of an understanding of, hey, I have this many scholarships left. So now we thought we were taking two corners. Well, now we could take three or maybe four. So it changes kind of the outset of the plan. Uh, So all of that becomes a little bit more clear. uh, clear. The clarity is increased uh, in that regard. Uh, so you start to see programs putting pressure on recruits. Hey, we really want you. You're on this visit. You clearly like it. Mom, what do you think? She nods her head yes. And all of a sudden commitments are coming in. So it is very important to build that commitment list during this time of the year, because just like there's a conservative nature in the spring, that's going to return, I, I think, in the fall okay. and winter months. So a lot of these programs want to start to wrap up the bulk of their class of 2023 during the summer months. And then from the prospects perspective, old school recruiting was like, I want to commit before my senior season begins. I don't want to deal with recruiting. I want to know where I'm going. I want to win, win one more ring with my guys in high school and, and then worry about you know college because I already know where I'm going. Well, not only does that still exist, but there's also an understanding of, hey, the portal will pop up again during the fall, uh, even fall camp, if you will. So the numbers are going to tighten up Uh, as we get closer to the winter months and eventually signing day in December. So there is an onus on the prospect to make a decision earlier in the cycle to basically claim a spot because at every school, at every position, those spots and numbers are more limited than they've ever been because of all of the fluidity and uh, honestly, the issues in roster management across college football. So there's, there's an onus on the prospect to get it done as well. 
And I wish I had a good segue to this next question, but I, I don't. Um, MSU, for the last four weekends, they've had Ferraris on the field. Uh, G-Wagons on the field. Rolls-Royce on the field. Like, they've, they've had, uh, you know, the, the, the Jeep Grand Wagoneer, if I could uh, point out a nice Detroit vehicle for us right now. They've had some sick uh, vehicles, like, you know, for photo shoots. So, two-part question. One, as a guy that's been around recruiting for as long as you have, you've seen all sorts of antics, I'm sure, in your time. The first question is, how much do you just roll your eyes at that sort of stuff? Or, also, number two, how how much does that really matter in these visits? And what is the purpose of that, if I could even make this a three-part question? But, yeah, just, I guess, comment on MSU's weekend dealership that they've been holding uh, <laughs> in the month of June, if you will. Yeah, I blame Instagram, honestly. It's, sure. it's, just, it's just optics. You know, I don't roll my eyes at it. I think it's fun. Okay. And I do think there's a bit of personality attached to which cars – come out at which campuses so i like that mel okay. tucker michigan state right midwest it's cold defensive program i, I want a g-wagon like the heaviest you know sure. consumer vehicle that you can trot out there that's built for you know you know siberia like that <laughs> kind of reflects michigan state you know uh, elsewhere you know you see lamborghinis i know lane kiffin had a, like an old school rolls royce out there yeah. i mean i don't know what that's about he's like old hollywood <laughs> all of a sudden so i do think it's interesting to look at some of the differences but really it's just like the pancakes with oak and lola it's it's sure. for the gram uh it, it is for optics and honestly i think it's kind of for everybody else um it's for the fans um and and if it works if oak and lola commits we're going to see all of those pancakes once again, right? And that those will be a part of his commitment edit um, and maybe a commitment video or something like that. So it's really uh, kind of just a tool uh, to attach to something. But does it make a difference in recruiting? Probably not. I mean, I guess in a, in a romanticized world, you could picture Mel Tucker sitting in the driver's seat next to an Oak and Lola saying, hey, man, if you come here, do what you got to do. Uh, well, honestly, in today's college football, you can drive one of these like next year uh, or in a conventional sense, you could work your way uh, towards, you know, the NFL and, and buy one of these for mom. And, you know, you could sell it and package it in a certain way. Um, but honestly, these kids nowadays, they're so smart. They're so aware. They're so business savvy that they're already thinking about what cars they, they want to grab. They already have kind of the entire plan laid out if and when a couple of dollars flow into their bank account. But but look. It's fun, and, and it certainly doesn't hurt uh, on social media. So I think that's mostly what it's about. But, hey, the first day a kid says, you know what? I sat in a Lamborghini at Oklahoma, and, and at that moment I knew I wanted to be a Sooner. The day that happens, I will let you know. Bang. Look at that. And really quick before getting out the door here, I, I just want to fly around the rest of the Big Ten here, and I just want you to straight up like tell me how I should feel. As a Michigan State fan, as Ohio State, just casually lands like three top 100 players in the country. Oh, and by the way, they all play the same position in wide receiver. Like they're just, you know, raking in top 100 recruits as usual. So like as a state fan, should I feel like, yeah, this is cool what MSU is doing, but like, holy bleep, it's still really far away from what Ohio State is. Or should I look at it as like, okay, well, Ohio State's up here. They're always going to be up here as long as we could inch by inch our way up there throughout the years and maybe we get where we're at. I just... I, I, I'm up at night staring at the ceiling wondering how I should feel about Ohio State's recruiting because that's where we're trying to be at. Every school's trying to be there, but God, they're light years ahead of everyone else. Even though things seem to be going well at Michigan State, I'll stop rambling. I'll stop crying. 
please just tell me how I should feel. Look, you know, it, it should it should be a lot, right? I mean, that, that position, wide receiver, at Ohio State, I think is maybe the safest recruiting or even on-field bet that there is in college football. I think right on. Uh, 10 years ago, you would say, you know, the Alabama defense is like the safest thing in the sport. And then, you know, all these spread offenses started happening. Um, but, you know, Brian Hartline, Ohio State wide receiver, Saturdays and Sundays now, that's just a safe bet. That's just something that you kind of have to deal with. It was like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma pulling elite quarterbacks. It was yeah. just kind of a given, and you just had to deal with it. So I do think it is something that you can overcome, and certainly recruiting as well as MSU is in the secondary is is the, the tangible uh, comparison tool to look at there. Um, but I do think that part of the reason why it feels so overwhelming this time is because it was three days in a row and it wasn't, you know, oh, this kid and then, oh, this other kid. But it was it was the best receivers in the country back to back to back. So that it yeah. makes it just uh, all the more intense and and it's more natural to have a, a bigger reaction to it. But look, if if six months ago you said, hey, at some point, Ohio State's going to land Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Noah Rogers. And Bryson Rogers over the span of the entire cycle, you would have said, man, that's a really amazing receiver core. But you would also kind of believe it. You would think it was attainable at Ohio State. But doing it three days in a row with, with three of those receivers just kind of felt overwhelming all at one moment. Uh, but, yeah, that's what you come to expect at Ohio State. As the day Mel Tucker took the MSU job, I'm sure yeah. he was like, hey, I got to get some DVs because we got to play Ohio State. Uh, you know, all the time. So I do think that's kind of expected. But but yeah, it just it was intense over a three day stretch. And it kind of reminded everybody about that prowess uh, over in Columbus. But uh, look, on the field, that's that's not their issue. Their issues on the other side of the ball uh, sure. and elsewhere. So you could take some kind of solace in that, that, you know, okay. the program still has plenty of holes and, and plenty of work to do to get back to where they want to be, even though they're able to recruit almost at will at the position. And really quick here, I, like, listen, I, I only follow moderately around the Big Ten, but especially like that school down the road in Michigan. Um, Hello. Is it really going as bad as it seems, especially off a of Big Ten title? Like, can I borrow a little excitement from how underwhelming it has been? Or is this all smoke and mirrors you expect to pick it up? Let's see how high of a note we're going to leave this chat on. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on – your definition of pick it up. If it's to, to pick it up towards a top 25 class, probably. But yeah, if sure. it is to say, hey, coming off of a Big Ten title, beating Ohio State, that, that alone right. you expected a jump from Michigan. If all of that lined up in the same year and you now expect Michigan to recruit among the best in the Big Ten, then no, you're let down. It, it is certainly underwhelming for Jim Harbaugh and company at this moment, just seven verbal commitments, not a lot of marquee commitments. They've lost some really big battles. Um, and, and it looked like they're going to lose the Dante Moore battle as well, which was one a couple of weeks ago, they started to feel really good about. Um, so I think he could reverse Shame. some of that perception if he does turn around and pick Michigan, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen at this stage. Uh, so yeah, when you lose, elite in-state recruits uh, and guys you were favorites for at one point elsewhere, it starts to look bad. And I do think that there's a little bit of hesitation with Michigan from a national perspective right now. We all saw 
Jim Harbaugh try to go to the NFL and capitalize off of finally getting over the hump uh, against Ohio State and getting into the playoff. And he did so unsuccessfully after that. And I think that that lingers along with some considerable staff turnover, including the Broyles assistant uh, of the year winner in Josh Gaddis, who's now down at Miami. All that stuff starts to factor in to each other and, and snowball a little bit for Michigan. I do think they'll correct it. I think during the season, they'll start to pick it up. Kids always want to go to the big house for visits, all of those things. They will have a top 25 class, but any shot at a top five type of class feels very far away from Michigan. And I think that in itself is a disappointment based on what we saw on the field last year. And that is how you end a Michigan State podcast right there, baby. That's what I'm talking about. John Garcia Jr., you got a full day of chatting with other Lockdown podcasts ahead of you. Thank you so much for your time. You're the best. Always great getting a national perspective from, you know, one of the best in the business in yourself. John Garcia Jr., Director of Sports Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. And thank you all for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen. You guys are the best. John Garcia, you're you're a little extra than the best today, man. Thanks a lot for your time. Awesome.